ran out of here. As most of you know, Grace is, my daughter is very pregnant. And uh, I get a video, and I don't know what it is. It's just her talking. I can't listen to it. So I run out. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I was just saying this and that, you know. Here's my back porch, kind of. like you, you can't do that right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm out there, and Kelly's out there. Did you see the video? I hadn't looked at it yet. I'm like, oh, what is it? So we watched it, and there was nothing. So she's still very pregnant, but we're believing soon and very soon. Amen? <laughs> we have the same expectation as the rapture as we do with, <laughs> with grace. I'm on pins and needles here. So that messed me up, so I've got to reset. Tonight we talk about intercession. Intercession. We've been in this series, Promise of Prayer, and every Wednesday we've dug a little deeper, actually had some practices that we would do at the time that we're together towards the end, and we're going to do that again tonight. The goal for me is simply this, to take all of us from a place where we feel we don't know how to pray or pray effectively or pray enough to find a depth of understanding that starts with relax. Just relax. And the reminder that God is not waiting for you to mess up. He loves you, right? That's a relaxing thing in and of itself. And we want to lean into that relationship. And sometimes we feel some avoidance to prayer because to pray is to be in the presence of God. And if we don't feel worthy to be in the presence of God, then why do we want to pray? Well, I can tell you that no, no one is worthy to be in the presence of God. And for that reason, Jesus died upon a cross to buy us access, to pay our debt to stand in the gap, to cover our sin. So a quick practice, when I say intercession, I need your participation here on the front end. When I say intercession, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Standing in the gap, I got two, two of you have said that. What else? Prayer for others, great. What else? Compassion, okay? You don't get any more answers, Natalie. You gave two. <laughs> She's like, I got a list. <laughs> Anybody else, anything else jump into mind? Go between, yeah? Did I have one over here? Mediator, sure. I had one. Fervency? Keith, listen, me and you, we're on the same wavelength, and I'll tell you why. Because I grew up, when the word intercession was mentioned, what I thought about was praying harder. You with me? Anybody else? Listen, one of the things we're trying to unpack on Wednesday night is to keep Pentecostals from being so weird. Right? 
listen, we acknowledge the fact and then we try to, we try to acknowledge that and move on because at the end of the day, <laughs> weird or weary. So praying harder. When I, we're going to intercede for this particular thing. I feel like, okay, we're going to pray a really long time for whatever was just stated. So praying now needs to be prayed harder. Prayerist, you know, I got to dig in my heels. Now I'm, I'm going beyond praying and I'm going beyond fasting and I'm, and I'm doing an all-night type of thing, which as a PK growing up, I wasn't praying at the all-night prayers. I was sound asleep. Amen? Because that was me, man. Mom can tell you. I, them early days, my dad pastored for a million years, and he on Thursday would have an early morning prayer meeting, I believe it was at 6 a.m., and I would go with him as a teenager because there was free breakfast after the prayer. So I was like, hey, you going to prayer tomorrow? Like, I'm, I'm going to go. And I remember just staying awake long enough to walk from my house to his car, from his car to the pew, and then waking back up to walk back to the car for that breakfast. Because I was just really exhausted. But this intercession thing for me, uh, it likens to this. For my mind, when I say praise and worship, I need, some, I need some commonality here. When I say praise, that means fast song. Anybody else? When I say worship, okay, we're moving into the slow songs now. Right? So, hey, come and join us for praise and worship. All right, there's going to be two fast songs and this one that's kind of both and in the middle. And then we're going to get into the worship songs. And the worship songs can last forever if you do them right. Are you with me? <laughs> And, and so while the definition of praise and worship is nowhere close to that, that's what my mind associates with it, which also for us, when I say intercession, my mind associates praying harder. Many of you hit the nail on the head, stand in the gap, the go-between, to pray for one another, to pray for something else, to mediate. Now that's the dictionary definition but tonight i want to talk to us uh, i want to talk to you about what does that mean for us as the believer we know that the concepts in scripture in scripture like intercession are way more than just the dictionary definition correct there's layers and layers and layers the scriptures can say more in just a few words than many of us can understand in our lifetime and so we're going to dig into some scriptures here at the beginning, and my goal is to be done teaching by 9.30 p.m., and then we'll move into our practices. So your kids don't have school tomorrow yet, I know that. Yeah, breakfast, and then we're going to intercede for the rest of the night. And for those that are guests, I've got some guests here, and I think if you're a guest, just go ahead and people that are normal here, tell them he's not serious, he's... He's really not going to stay till 9.30. I don't know, somebody might be excited. This is going to be great. All right. Here's, here's what I think, as I'm looking at it today, four things come to mind. 
Intercession is praying for another person or persons. Tonight I'll be using the Bible for our teaching. Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you a story? Do I have time to tell you a quick story? Forget it. You didn't react quick enough. Keep that one to myself. Probably for the best. Because it involves a Mormon and me not being so nice. Oh my goodness. All right, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, but listen, so first of all, many of you know I have wiener dogs. And I was walking the wiener dog, and wiener dogs bark, and they don't stop. And I'm walking in my neighborhood, and a minivan's driving up, and I moved over to the side. And this minivan, normally they go around. It's neighborhood. You know, we all know the deal. Go way out around, even though you don't need that much room. And so I'm walking, and the minivan does not go way out. He drives right up next to me. Windows are down, and I see white shirts, ties, and a big black name badge right here. I go, oh, Lord. They must have let him leave the bikes out at home because it's in the 90s, right? It's compassion. And so I'm walking the dog, and the dog is barking her head off. And this poor young man... And, and the rest of my walk, before I get into it, I was praying for them and feeling bad. So I don't need, I don't need your judgment here. The Holy Spirit already dealt with me. So <laughs> you could have led them to, I know, Lord, I should have talked to them about it. But the wiener dog, anyway. And he leans out the window, hey, man, how you doing? And I thought I had made it far enough where he couldn't get me. But he leans out the window, hey, man, how you doing? And he has this thing in his hand. I said, hey, how are you? And I kept walking. Hey, we're talking to people about Jesus Christ. And I said, listen, your Jesus and my Jesus are not the same. Oh, yeah, 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 Jesus Christ. We're the, we worship the same Jesus. I said, no, no, you don't believe Jesus is God. <laughs> he didn't say anything else. He just drove off. And, uh, and then I spent the rest of my walk praying for them and being repentant before the Lord. And practicing. Anybody ever rehearse what you should have said? You should have walked up to the window and said, listen, brother, can I tell you? Talk to me about this and let me share with you about that. But, you know, I make mistakes too. <laughs> he yelled at him. But thank you, Jeff. <laughs> still feel guilty but <laughs> intercession is praying for another person or persons i start there because i'm telling you i need prayer time to amen's a little bit better over here <laughs> gosh i've lost it already ephesians chapter 3 beginning in verse 14 paul's prayer here we go he, he he's he says when i think of all this i fall to my knees and pray to the father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth i pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then christ will make his home in your hearts and you trust in him your roots will grow down 
into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I, I read six extra verses just because it's awesome. But the first three verses talks about Paul praying and it puts his prayer in for a group of people. Intercession is praying for another person or persons, group of people. He's praying for the Ephesians, the church, but the people within the church. Then we find this same Paul requesting prayer for him as an individual. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Pray, too, that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people. For not everyone is a believer. You think? Paul is saying in the first, in Ephesians, we're recognizing he's praying for the Ephesians, the people within the church. His prayer is beautiful, powerful, very well thought out because it's scripture, right? One of the things that keeps us from praying for people is we feel like we don't have the words to say. I just want to encourage you with this. You're not going to get to this level. This is scripture. But you can look at it and learn from it and open your mouth. You with me? I, I don't know if, if I've heard it one time, I've heard it a million times. I'm not comfortable praying. I don't, I've never prayed out loud in front of people. So at this time, it would be daring and very uncomfortable for me to walk around with a microphone and pick somebody. Some of you are nervous right now. Thank God he doesn't have a microphone in his hand because I just have a thin microphone. But I want, you, I want you to be encouraged. Don't let the fact that you have never keep you from ever. Begin to start somewhere, even in a home. Spouses, pray for your spouse. There should be a whole lot of grace there for you to stumble and to begin learning the practice of praying for others. How can you pray for a church or a group of people if you have not yet endeavored to pray for an individual out loud. I got to get that part in there. I pray in my mind. Okay. God knows what you're saying. But the person doesn't. And you know who else doesn't? The devil. He can't read your thoughts. And so when you're praying for victory and coming against the powers of darkness... It would behoove you, it would be good for you to out loud begin to declare that, hey, the devil has no place here, has no hold here, that his plans are canceled here in Jesus' name. 
in my mind. I'm saying it in my mind. Well, you want to say it out loud. It's like the husband that never tells his wife that he loves her because he says it in his mind. I told her 25 years ago at the altar. I haven't changed my mind since, right? I'll let her know if anything changes. No, 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 no. We know that's silly. Intercession is praying for another and another person, and I want you to see the scriptures and the example that is laid there. Paul is saying, if you ever had the thought that they don't need me to pray for them, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest missionaries, evangelists, church planters, apostles of all time, is saying, pray for me, I, I need prayer. Amen? Philemon chapter 1 verse 4 shows us the intimacy of praying for the individual. Philemon chapter 1 only one chapter verse 4 I knew I should have bookmarked this one it's in there it's in there (laughs) Paul Paul says I'm praying for you all right moving to the next one no I gotta find it this bothers me sword drill There he is. I found him. Little bitty Philemon. (laughs) Philemon, uh, verse 4, it says, I always thank God, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. And then he continues to go on and he talks about how he's praying for him and encouraging him. And this shows the intimacy of praying for the individual. Again, out loud, praying for that individual. Matthew chapter 5, here's one that we all know very well, but sometimes forget to practice. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. You guys know which one that one is? Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of the Father in heaven. Intercession is praying for another person or persons. Not need-specific, but person-specific. You with me so far? Second one, intercession is praying for another person's need, not your own. It is outward-focused and specific. There are three things, and we've, we've studied already, so if you're kind of uh, coming in halfway through the series, we've, we've talked about all of the scriptures that, that point to praying for another or praying for a need. I, I want to bring to your attention what I consider the three big ones. If someone were to come to you and say, I have a need, it probably will fall into one of these three categories. First of all, sickness. That covers a lot. It covers sickness in the mind, sickness in the body, even sickness in relationships, sickness. The second one is more prevalent today than it has ever been, sadness, right? Our emotional health today is struggling, not just outside of the church, but inside of the church. 
blood-bought saints that love Jesus and live for him are struggling on the daily with sadness. Why? The joy of the Lord is my strength. We just repeat that over and over again. Yeah, but it's, I'm still sad. I don't know why. I know that it is a scheme of the enemy to try to beat people down. And I know that we have authority in Christ. I know all of these things, but I'm telling you, sadness is something that uh, is one of the big ones that people say, if you pray for me, pray for this. The third thing is spirit. Spirit, little s, not Holy Spirit. Spiritual needs. Help. Spiritual help. Breakthrough in the spirit. Salvation. Pray for the need over here because of the salvation of the loved one that hasn't yet found Christ. Pray for their spiritual needs because of what they're struggling with on the daily. Pray for spiritual help so they can get breakthrough and find victory on the other side. Intercession is praying for another person's need, not your own. I've been told and often been taught that when you begin to pray for others, God pays more attention to your needs. Now, that's not, there's not a verse that says that. Let me just say that outright. But something in your mind and in your spirit follows the model of Jesus because now you're serving others by praying for their need and not so caught up on what you need. You with me? Outward focus. Thirdly, intercession is praying for another need, and I'm throwing in here a place, a situation. Think, if you would, macro prayers. Call to prayer. When things happen in our world, we often say, pray for Ukraine. Pray for Maui and the fires that are happening there. Pray for the earthquake that happened here. Pray for the starvation that's happening there. And we have these macro prayers. And sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes it feels like, is that going to help? Anybody with me? Or am I, I can't believe you speak like that. You're supposed to be the pastor. I mean, I'm thinking those millions of people over there in this nation and I don't even want to begin to think of all the political games that are being played. And, and I'm praying for Ukraine. And like, what does that even look like? You with me? It's weird to me. Is it weird to you? <sighs> I'm going somewhere. First, acknowledge it that it's weird. Because it feels like my little prayer can't do much. You with me? Okay, let's agree. Then we say, but God can take my little prayer and work miracles. Are you with me? <laughs> so it ain't about you anyway. It's about you being obedient to the call to pray. So that's the humbling that I have to go through that says when tragedy strikes... And people say the church needs to pray for this. I immediately think, eh, eh, can't do much there, you know. 
But that's my immediate reaction. And then I'm reminded that in Scripture again and again and again, there is a call to prayer, a call to prayer, a call to prayer, a call to pray for my people, to pray for my nation, to pray for restoration. And it goes beyond their little circle of influence, and prayer changes things on a global scale. Pray for abortion to stop in our nation for decades. We prayed for abortion to stop in our nation, and it felt like it's hitting this wall in heaven. Nobody's listening to our prayer. And then they overturned Roe v. Wade. And I went, prayer works. And millions of babies are being saved right now. We have a lady in our church who works with Christian Adoption Services who has more babies than they've ever had. Ever. We pray for gender confusion in our nation and it feels like a losing battle. Man, we're praying and these schools and these teachers and, and these parades and God, have you not listened? Of course he has. And then our state finally does something about it and overturns these things that the governor was trying to push through and now these surgeries upon minors that have to do with this issue are outlawed in the state of North Carolina. Does prayer change things? Pray for revival. Oh, bring revival. Man, that would be great. But we forget that revival is a personal thing as well. And as I'm talking to somebody today who's saying, man, in my heart, I'm reaching for God like I've never reached before. And I'm like, man, revival is happening in people's lives every single day. Pray for nations. We took it upon ourselves to pray for India in our missions convention. And we continue to pray for India. And what went from a uh, 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 um, shallow relationship with a pastor in India has now planted its fourth church. There's four greater life church locations in India because prayer works. And, every, and he sent me a picture of this precious family today. This lady gave her heart to Christ and her whole family came with her. And I'm going, oh, prayer works. I'm just telling you guys that you're not alone when you feel like sometimes your prayer won't do much. But I'm telling you, don't let that stop you from praying and interceding. Because it's not your responsibility to see the result. It's your responsibility to pray. Intercession is praying for another need, a place, a situation. Irregardless of the details around that situation, you are still called to pray. No matter what's happening in Ukraine, if it's real, if it's not, if it's doubtful, if it's political, it doesn't matter. There's people suffering. So pray. Amen? Intercession is also praying three more things. Jude Verse 20 says this, But you, dear friends, must build each other up 
in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Intercession is praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, I'm telling you, that is our source of miracles. It is the hand of the living God in the church today. We pray in the power of the Spirit, in the Spirit. What does it look like to pray in the Spirit? Let me remind you that upon salvation, you receive the Spirit. It is the fingerprint, the mark of the Lord upon your life, guaranteeing what is to come. It calls it a deposit. And so when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying in the power of the living God. Amen? Pray, intercession is praying by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I've got to hurry. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15 says, Well, then what should I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in words. I understand. I will sing in the Spirit. And it will also sing in words, I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who, understand, who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? Here's that out loud prayer, right? You will be giving thanks very well, but you won't strengthen the people who hear you. Paul is talking about one of the, I guess, problems with Pentecostals. <laughs> we be praying in the spirit and in tongues and forget to say words that people can understand sometimes. Yeah? So when I pray for someone in the altar, I don't just take off into speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. I want them to hear what we're praying about. Amen? And so Paul is saying, yes, I will pray here and I will also pray with my mind. I will pray in the spirit and I also pray with my mind. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. I love this passage because it gives me a pass to pray a certain kind of way. Here we go. And the Holy Spirit, for example, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Friend, only God can interpret the sigh of your heart when you have nothing to say but... <sighs> and that says a lot, right? Depending on what your day was like, depending on what you're facing, depending on the struggle... When you're laying in bed and you cannot get rest and, and, and something deep within you that's guttural and desperate goes, that's praying. And that is powerful. Am I saying that you should wander around your workplace? No. No. Don't be weird. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm praying with groanings that you can't understand. What? 
Where do you go to church? Don't tell them greater life. <laughs> Pick another one. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it is something that's so unique because how many of you guys know that sometimes you don't even know how to quantify, say, explain your words to someone that even knows you well. You're like, you just listen to me. I'm trying to get you to understand this. And a God can understand the of your heart. Man, thank God for that. Because there are times where I'm walking and I'm praying and then I just get to the spot where I'm just like, Lord, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to pray for this. So I'm just walking and he's hearing me in my desperation. Amen? Uh, intercession is also praying, catch this, meditatively and spirit-led. In other words, listening is intercession. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 20 reminds us that the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. When we wait, we are changed. 1 Samuel First Samuel chapter 12 says this, verse 16. Now, if you fear and worship the Lord, nope. now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. In other words, be still, Psalm 37, 7, and know that I am God. Psalm 62 says it this way. Verse 5. Let all that I am, David says, wait quietly before God. For my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor comes from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. And, and he starts with just let me wait quietly before God. Let me, let me get in a spot where there's no more noise but just the voice of the Lord. Silence before God is as great as an intercession as constant words from your mouth. Because if you'll pause and wait on him for a minute, he can download so much in very little time. If you are truly listening, then you can pray more effectively when the time comes to open your mouth again. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Our great example is that Jesus is an intercessor for us. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who have come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Now, I'd like to go um, take the rest of my time uh, to use a lawyer term. I'd like to use the balance of my time uh, to argue. Uh, no, but 
Let, let's talk through some practical things. So we're going to do a practice thing. We're going to do something together. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to stand. And right where you are, you can kind of turn around and, and, and grab some people. Uh, but we're going to be in about circles of four to six people. Begin. <laughs> Just right where you are, stand, spin around, make sure... You don't have to be six exactly, but make sure you've got a group of people around you. This is going to be good. Okay, as you get into those circles, I love it. <laughs> okay, hey, stop meeting each other. It doesn't matter. You don't need to make friends. Just stand in a circle. That's unimportant. Hey, how are you? My name's so-and-so. All right, here we go. You can meet each other after. Listen. This may be the first time experience for some. For us old school Pentecostals, like, oh, yeah, prayer circle. This is my jam. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Don't be weird. Nobody's prophesying over anybody tonight. All right? Just, let's just pray for one another. Here we go. Here's how it's going to work. As you're standing in a group of four to six, here's the challenge, intercession. I want you to briefly share, go around the circle, briefly share a need that's not your own. Someone outside of that circle, a need that is not your own. In other words, my cousin, my friend, my coworker, share the need briefly, and then we're going to pray over that need together. I'm going to help you out. We're not, we don't have time for everybody to go around and pray out loud. But when we go into prayer, the person to your right, I want you to pray for the need that they've spoken. Make sense? And then I want you to hold hands because COVID's behind us. Amen. All right. And then you've got five minutes to do this. We're going to put on some music so it's not painfully awkward. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and get in your circle. Share a need that is not your own. And then just take a moment and pray for each other. Pray for those needs. careful not to share a bunch of details just jump into the need as soon as you've shared the need go ahead and pray
Got about one more minute. One more minute.
Uh, Lord, thank you for such joy in the room as we pray for one another. I pray that you would continue to have this camaraderie and help us, Lord, to continue to care for one another, to love one another as we pray and lift up these needs and bring them to memory even after tonight, uh, Lord, that we can continue to intercede, to stand in the gap for other people. In Jesus' name, amen.